Welcome to Cat Chat, the pet talk podcast devoted to the physical and emotional well-being of cats and their people. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give your kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. My co-host is the feline expert, Dr. Michael Maria Delgado, along with other cat authors and experts. The show is brought to you with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, a company privately owned by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose mission has been to personally formulate a wide variety of litters for all types of cats, so they keep using their litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. Dr. Elsie also created his own cat food, Clean Protein, wet and dry foods that are specifically appropriate for a cat's nutrition needs because they're based on the protein a cat eats naturally. Clean Protein is the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival which brings together short films from around the world that celebrate kitty cats. It would be impossible for me to bring this delightful joy to people without Dr. Elsie's generosity. The fifth annual New York Cat Film Festival will premiere this fall in New York City and then travel to theaters across America and Canada, with a portion of every ticket going to local cat welfare organizations. Please show your appreciation of Dr. Elsie's support by choosing their products, whenever you can. Dr. Michael, it's so great to have discovered when I was reading Lily Chin's book, Kitty Language, that you were the first one named of the many experts that she turned to for advice about how to read a cat's body language and behavior and vocalization to understand who they are and what they're feeling. So that was lovely. I thought, oh, good. I have the best co-host of them all. <laughs> um, and I do feel that, by the way, all the time. You're so well regarded and respected and, and turned to for information and advice in the, in the animal field. So I think you've, you've developed a really great reputation for yourself with hard work and seriousness. Whiskers was something that, that really caught my attention in the book. The, the function of whiskers mm-hmm. for a cat and the information we can get from a cat through its whisker behavior, if you will, but also <laughs> some things that we need to be thoughtful and careful about with our own kitty's whiskers. So yeah. Whisker 101, Dr. Michael Maria Delgado. Yeah, I mean, um, I think whiskers are very unappreciated. You know, if you look at your cat and really like focus on their whiskers, you you do notice like, wow, their whiskers are really big and they have a lot of them. And um, we don't think about what their whiskers do, but they serve several different functions to cats and they have um, three primary areas of whiskers on their, their head. So they've got the mustachials, which are mustache, like the ones on the whisker pads under their nose, right? So between the nose and the lips where okay. they have the most whiskers. And then they have um, some on the sides of the head, and then they also have some above the eyes. So those all have different functions. The whiskers above the eyes are kind of like an extension of a cat's eyelashes. So it helps them detect something's about to, you know, touch my eyes, I should blink. So it does... it does uh, enact the, the blinking reflex if something touches their, their forehead whiskers. And of course, on the sides of their face, we we think like, oh, those, you know, there's kind of, I think the folklore that has always been um, kind of given as the only reason that cats have whiskers is to help them decide if they can squeeze into a space or not, which 
doesn't totally make sense because we know that cats whiskers don't get longer if the cat gets bigger or fatter. Oh, that's right? funny. Like, that's a go. great point. <laughs> so, but we also know that cats are very flexible. So, you know, if they probably have a, you know, if my face fits through, then I can, you know, just squeeze through the, the rest of the space. But, um, but obviously, the, those whiskers do give them information about, um, you know, what they're touching. And, and I, so, so I think that's the most important thing is like, these are a tactile sensor. The whisker itself is not sensitive. So it's kind of like our hair. If you, um, if you were to like, you know, sometimes cats chew off their siblings whiskers. It's not the whisker itself that's going to be uncomfortable. It's the base of the whisker that's innervated, meaning that it's connected to nerve endings that send signals to the brain. So all the information is actually at the base of the whisker. And if you think of it, the whisker is this long, slightly tapered, um, thick kind of hair like right. structure that is sending signals back to the brain. So through that whisker pad and to the brain. And so the very ends of the whiskers are going to detect things like air movement or pressure, like this is touching something. Um, I can I can feel like they're being displaced in one direction or the other. I can feel an air current moving from right to left. And this is going to provide cats with information in different situations, including if they have prey in their in their paws, I right. call them hands, um, <laughs> because cats close up vision is not great. So when a cat has, say, a mouse or bird in their front paws, they can't really see what's going on. Some of us have similar problems, like that's why we have corrective lenses, <laughs> but, you know, for our cats, they really, um, and, you know, sometimes people notice if they put a treat on the floor, the cat can't find it with their eyes, they seem to be nosing around and looking right. for it either by uh, touch or smell. And so, so the whiskers are going to send additional information like, oh, this mouse is moving a lot or hmm, he's not moving very much. Guess he's almost dead. So those are all, those signals can help cats make decisions about how to behave next. Like I should bite harder or I can stop biting and now I can just, you know, kind of start eating. And um, so, so they're really just like information, um, like an extension, like we should be so lucky to have um, information that's not like right on our body, like telling right. us things that are going on around us. So it's it's pretty cool. And of course, yeah, they can use them like when they're navigating. So they can notice if there's objects, you know, nearby that I don't want to bump into, or can I squeeze through this opening? Um, but it is really sending them like a lot of information that's related mostly to predation because a lot of what they do with their mouth is um, kill and eat. And so um, it's just like an, an additional support system for their other senses. I sort of thought of it the way bats have that extraordinary hearing that's really radar mm -hmm. because it, mm -hmm. no one seemed to know for sure until, I guess, whiskers were studied. How could a cat be crouched down in a field of corn, let's say, and crouching mm -hmm. totally still like a statue and then know when and where to pounce to catch the mm. rodent. And my understanding was it was, what, as you said, the air currents, the movement of air through that they were feeling through their whiskers that indicated where and how quickly and so forth a, a mouse could be running. Is, th is that true, do you think, that it, that it isn't just once you've caught it, but in, er in order to catch it at all? Sure. I mean, again, they're getting information from multiple senses. So I would never say that hunting is reliant on one mode. Like they have kind of backup right. systems, right? So maybe it starts with you hear a mouse, right. then you see the mouse, 
Now you feel the air currents moving in a certain way that tells you the mouse is moving in a particular direction. Um, so you're you're going to use all of those senses. Got and of it. course, you can imagine if your cat's missing one of their senses, like they're they're deaf or blind, then their whiskers may become even more important in that. Um, but I don't, you know, and I don't know, like, can a cat detect movement with their whiskers from 20 feet away? Right. Probably not, right. right? But um, so it is more that that close up information, but that information can be become very important and becomes more important as the cat gets closer and closer to the actual capture of prey or and if, and if you doing. were dependent on being a cat out in the wild, so to speak, you'd really need it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, yeah, you'd be in absolutely. trouble. So do whiskers break off during fights, I wonder, or situations in which the cat becomes whiskerless or partially whiskerless? And do they well, grow back? Well, whiskers do fall out naturally, yes. So they do grow back. Um, when I worked at the shelter, as I mentioned, you know, we, we had a few kittens that probably were sad about missing mom and would, would groom over groom their siblings and oh. start chewing their, some of their whiskers off. And the whiskers do grow back. You don't want to cut your cat's whiskers for various reasons. They serve a very important function. And it's not that it's going to hurt the cat on the whisker, but like I said, it could be sensitive on the actual whisker pad. So, so you never want to trim your cat's whiskers, let them be, but they will fall out naturally. And you can, you know, I, I save some of my cat's whiskers. Um, I kind of like to collect them, but um, you'll you'll find them around the house, and that's usually naturally falling out. So, and um, there's yeah. and there's a gal named Jen who makes jewelry yes. out of whiskers and other yes. bits and pieces of Volana Cote. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to have her on the show. She's made she made some jewelry for me for my last cat. Oh my god! Oh, all yeah. you all you cat lovers get to hold on to your departed kitties through this wonderful jewelry, with that involves it's whisker jewelry as well as fur jewelry and ashes jewelry and to be discussed yeah. at another time. So one of the things that nice. I learned about when I was researching the cat Bible was something that was referred to as whisker fatigue. And mm -hmm. it came up on the topic of people feeding cats out of bowls, particularly mm -hmm. bowls with any depth to them, rather than feeding on a saucer. And my understanding was that it was very uncomfortable. The cat had to put their face into a space in which their whiskers were bent or squashed or mm -hmm. um, compressed when it would be much nicer, since you guys know feed wet food only, don't put it in a bowl. Put it on a saucer in order to not have whisker fatigue and make it a pleasant experience for the cat instead of a whisker squash. Now, wh what do you know about that topic of whisker fatigue? Yeah, so I mean, it's definitely a term that's been thrown around quite a bit. And there's only been one study. Um, the study did not find any evidence for whisker fatigue. So um, <laughs> basically, some cats seem to prefer a bowl with high sides, and some cats preferred a bowl with no sides or a plate, you know, so I think, um, keep in mind that sometimes problems are invented to market and sell products. <laughs> so definitely. Um, so you know, I do I think that some cats prefer a shallow bowl or plate? Yes, but that could be for other reasons besides whisker fatigue. So maybe cats have a better view of what's going on around them when they're eating. From oh, that's the interesting. Um, so so I would say don't get too hung up on on you know whisker stress. I mean, it, it could, I mean, sure. It could be, maybe it feels like hat head. I don't know if you've ever like worn a hat for a very long time and then your hair feels weird. After. Oh yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yes. Um, and you know, so again, we don't have 
feeling in our hair, but we have feelings at, at the roots where the hair right. connects to our head, right? So it's possible that there's some discomfort. So I always like encourage people, if you are concerned that your cat doesn't like a high-sided bowl, we'll offer them a shallow bowl or a plate and you can offer them both at the same time and see, which is exactly what the researchers did um, in the right. study and just see which one they go to first and which one they eat more food out of and which one they seem to, to like better. And like I said, in the study, some cats did not have a preference and other cats did seem to have a preference. So your cat may be uh, more whisker sensitive than another cat. And the best way to find out is to just give them choices and, you know, or, you know, it's not going to hurt your cat to feed them out of a plate instead of a bowl. So it also doesn't so require buying safe. anything. My whole idea was, well, you could, everyone has too many saucers or bread exactly. plates, right? I, I mean, <laughs> so it's not like you have to buy it. You just use exactly. whatever small saucer you have. But that's interesting because you might have also a sloppy eating cat who kind of pushes the food so it falls oh, yeah. off the saucer. Now oh, you've yeah. got to do cleanup. All right. So just one, one <laughs> other question about whiskers. Why would we watch our cat's whiskers to learn more about how they're feeling or doing? Is there something there we could be paying more attention to in the way that we, we're trying to teach people to pay attention to the tail and the ears and even the body Absolutely. position? Yeah. What about the whiskers? Yeah. And, um, you know, first of all, I would definitely say um, get Lily Chin's book, Kitty Language, because it's fantastic. And yes, she does it address is. all of these things. And, you know, probably the most important thing with any cat's body language is to remember that the context is important. So the situation in the room and also the cat's entire body is important. So we can't just look at the whiskers right. and say, oh, he's happy or sad or, or yes. whatever. However, if you think about, first of all, some of the functions of whiskers. Um, so we talked a lot about how whiskers provide cats with information uh, when they're hunting. So when they are getting that information, they can move their whiskers forward, almost like a little satellite dish. <laughs> so they're, they're collecting more information when they're hunting. And so the times that we tend to see cats moving their whiskers forward would be times that they feel curious or excited, or they're trying to get more information from the environment. So that would be, again, their whiskers are moving away from their face in the forward direction. Um, when cats are relaxed, their whiskers are kind of just at rest. So they're a little bit droopy out to the sides, but, you know, slightly down. They're right. Not, um, and you can kind of see also, because they'll get a little like pucker in their lips as they're um they're moving their whiskers forward you'll you, you know watch your cat and it's that's cute cool. like if, especially when you're playing with them and they're engaging with the toy again they're they're enacting that hunting behavior and the whiskers come forward the other thing is is when cats are having negative emotional states like fear or stress they might start moving their whiskers back and if you think about when would a cat in quote-unquote nature be having negative experiences when they feel threatened. Now they're trying to make themselves smaller and protect right. their body. So they do tend to just like collapse everything in a little bit. And so when your cat is feeling potentially stressed or threatened, you will notice them pull their whiskers back towards the sides of their face. So just watch your cat's facial satellite dish exactly. for more information. But remember, it also depends on how the rest of their body is is um, exhibiting and what's going on in the room. I mean, if it's watching two other cats play heartily, maybe it tucks in its whiskers like, oh, I got to stay out of the way of that. Yeah. <laughs> right? It just depends yeah. on what else is going on. And you're right. Lily Chin's book, Kitty Language, is wonderful. And thank you for being part of it, Michael. And thanks for our whisker conversation. Thank you, Tracy. Thanks for listening. And I also want to thank Wonderside for their support. It's a company founded and run by a woman entrepreneur who wanted to find an effective way to keep fleas, ticks, and other pests away from her pets and home 
instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes plant-powered products to keep parasites at bay without dousing your cats and property with ingredients that are harmful to them and the planet. A final pause up to Dr. Elsie's for all the fine products they make and their unwavering support of my mission to make life better for each and every kitty cat and their people. If you have cat problems or questions you'd like me to talk about on the show, please write me to Tracy at tracyhotchnerpets.com.